1980, I went on radio because God showed me to go on radio. He gave me the call letters of the radio station in the night as I was sleeping. And when I asked him, are you showing me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. I heard, call the radio station manager. And within five days of calling the radio station manager, I was on radio. So when I went on radio, I technically had been ordained by God and then later even ordained at the church that I attended. As the pastor said, Joan is not called to be a teacher. She's a prophetess. And many people at the church recognized that the hand of God was strongly on me because God had given me and was giving me gifts of the Holy Spirit, word of knowledge especially. And they saw that, and they knew I wasn't like the others, that the call of God was on my life. So I was ordained by God. I was ordained by man to work as a minister of Jesus Christ in the offices of apostle prophet, really. Apostle ordained by God, not by man. Prophet ordained by God and often witnessed by man in the churches. The first time I ever encountered this word reverend, one of our church, uh, my radio audience, came up to me and she said, what do we call you, reverend? I said, oh, no. I'd never even thought about the subject before. I said, oh, no. They didn't call Paul reverend. They called him Paul. So you just call me Joan. That was a ruling from God. Today in the churches, those people love to call themselves reverend. They go to seminaries. They go to college to get to be reverend. When they allow themselves to be called reverend, they set themselves up on a pedestal in front of the congregation for all to worship. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't call him reverend. If I were you, I would not do this. This is not in the Bible to call any man reverend. The only time the word reverend is used in the Bible is in one of the Psalms. It says, holy and reverend is God's name. They are setting themselves to be as God when they do this. Also, they wear all kinds of clothing to identify themselves as being a minister. That was not in the New Testament Bible at all to do that thing. You can read the Bible for yourself. We are known as ministers because of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that has been put inside us by God. And when you see that gift function, you begin to take notice. This person has the gifts of the Holy Spirit functioning. And the gifts show what we are. It shows if we're called to do something. So we start with reverend as being one of the big idols set up in the churches today, calling their ministers reverend. Anything that's set up by man in the churches and is not commanded by God is an idol. Don't worship idols. Don't do it. Learn to know the New Testament. Judge by the New Testament. And if they're doing something in the churches that's not according to the New Testament, 
you can know that that church is Antichrist, opposite to Christ. Another one of the problems is the subject bishop. A bishop and elder. They are technically the same thing. Paul used the word interchangeably when he talked about bishops and elders. Here's what he said. He was speaking to Titus and he said, For this cause I left thee in Crete. This is in the Bible in book, Titus book chapter 1. For this cause I left thee in Crete, that thou shouldst set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. Now Paul is going to give the requirements for being an elder or a bishop. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly. That is the first requirement of an elder or bishop. He must be married. He must be the husband of one wife. He must have a display of faithful children. For if he doesn't know how to rule over his own house, Paul says, how can he rule over the church? Does it make any difference? Do do the scriptures make any difference? This isn't your church. This is Jesus' church. He set up the rules for the church in the New Testament Bible. We are to follow the rules. Yes, it makes a difference. The Catholics set it up so the bishops can't even be married. And the priests can't even be married. And that is an abomination. That's even, Paul says, doctrines of devils and seducing spirits, if you set that up. Let's look at that. 1 Timothy 1, Paul says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from meats. Catholics do both of those things. They forbid their ministers to marry, and they command their congregations to abstain from meat on Fridays. That is not in the Bible to do those things. It's actually from seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, according to the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy 4. Don't approve that. Don't go along with that. Not for a second. There is no such thing in the Bible as Lent, L-E-N-T, the Catholics do something called Lent, where you give up something for God. That's not in the Bible to do that. Jesus gave up himself for us. We give up sin for God, but we do that every day, all of our lives. But we don't give up something for God for a week or two weeks or a few appointed days, that's made up by man. That is an idol in the church. There are many idols in the church. Lighting of candles with prayer. That is not in the Bible. There's absolutely nothing in the Bible telling us to light a candle in any context of religion in the New Testament. It's made up by man. 
The Catholics use something called holy water. As I understand it, they enter their Catholic building and they dip their fingers in this water and cross themselves. That is not in the Bible to do that. Pam Paget, who is a member of the body of Christ, was raised Catholic. But she later became a real Christian, led by the Spirit of God. She said that at her house, her mother kept a bottle of water in their refrigerator, and it was on it were the labels, holy water. There is no such thing as holy water. Search the New Testament and try to find holy water if you can find it. There is one example of a priest in the Old Testament using holy water. By the way, there are no priests in the New Testament. They are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers given by Jesus for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, Ephesians chapter 4. There are no priests in the New Testament. The Catholics call their ministers priests, and they set up something called holy water. In the Old Testament, there was a one example of holy water, and it was to prove whether or not a woman had been unfaithful to her husband. She agreed to drink this bitter water, which had been polluted with the dust from the floor of the uh, temple, and it was bitter and poisonous. If the woman was guilty of adultery, the holy water would cause her stomach to swell and her thigh to rot, and thereby she was tested. But if she could drink this bitter water without her stomach swelling, she was proven to be no adulteress. And that is the only time the word holy water ever appears in the Bible. It was a bitter water that was poisonous. All of this Catholic stuff is an abomination. It's antichrist in the churches today. Set up by man. Don't do it. Don't do something unless the New Testament Bible tells you to do it. Several years ago, I attended a church called Word of Faith. Robert Tilton was pastor. It was just outside of Dallas. In that church, we had an elder who was not married. He was a divorced man. He had one child, and they I don't even think he saw his child. They lived in California, and we were in Texas. And they let him be elder. Why did they let him be an elder? He was a specialist in raising money. <laughs> well, it's very clear why they let him be an elder. Now, as an immature young Christian, I didn't know these scriptures in concerning elders. I didn't know what the Bible said. It's my fault. I had a Bible. I could have read it. I had attended Church of Christ with my aunt at one point, and they taught that elders had to be married and have multiple children. But I wasn't even a Christian when I attended Church of Christ. So, see, some of you are young Christians. We're responsible for the New Testament Bible. We don't want to be in a church where they're teaching something different from the New Testament Bible. If we really belong to God, we won't be able to put up with that. We'll walk away from it. I know because I had to walk away from a church 
when I was a new Christian because they were teaching something other than the Bible. They were forbidding the speaking in tongues and teaching that tongues are of the devil. And one day I read in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 14, believe verse 39, Paul said, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak in tongues. Well, the church I was attending were forbidding tongues and teaching it was of the devil. So I studied the New Testament to see what this tongue thing was. It didn't mean anything to me. I was a brand new Christian. But I read the Bible and I proved to myself that tongues are a part of the New Testament church as God wills. Now, there has to be an interpreter if there are tongues. But I proved it to myself by reading the Bible. I never went back to that other church, which was called Believer's Chapel. It was something between Church of Christ and Baptist in doctrine. I, after that, I went to churches which approved the gifts of the Holy Spirit as the Bible speaks. However, they pervert that terribly because they don't allow the gifts of the Holy Spirit to function in the churches in the 11 o'clock service. They have it set up by strict orders to let men rule over it. Paul told us what we're to do when we come together in the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26. How is it then, brother? brethren, when you gather, come together? One of you will have a tongue and another a revelation, another an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. When we came together in the church, it was supposed to be so that the Holy Spirit could speak through whomever he willed. The humans changed it. And basically they kept the Holy Spirit out. I've often thought if Jesus appeared today at the Baptist church, they wouldn't let him speak. If he attended at, today at the full gospel churches, they wouldn't let him speak. It's not open for the Holy Spirit to speak through whom he wills, as Paul said it was to be in the Bible. See, it's so terribly perverted today because Antichrist has put scriptures out and changed doctrine and has moved into the churches with his own doctrines. That's a sign of the end times. In Second Thessalonians 2, Paul said that had to happen before the end came, before Jesus returns. A falling away from the scripture would take place in the churches. And men would rule over the churches, setting themselves up in the temple of God, showing themselves to be as God. Second Thessalonians chapter Two, this is going on right now. This just simply shows us we are much closer to the return of Jesus when this happens, and it is happening everywhere. There are 47 scriptures in the Old Testament forbidding the use of graven images. The Catholic Church is full of graven images of stone and wood and glass and photographs which are conjured to make the people think they're Jesus. It's not Jesus. There are no photographs of Jesus. 
some actor pretending to be Jesus. This is worshiping God by the flesh, not by the spirit. Jesus said, God seeks people to worship him by the spirit. That's in John chapter 4. By the spirit and in truth. Truth is in Jesus, is in the Bible, is in the New Testament Bible. If you want to know what we're supposed to do in the New Testament church, if it matters to you, read the New Testament Bible. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God might be truly furnished unto all good works. That is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. We can't just do what we want to do or what we think is right. We must follow the Holy Spirit by the New Testament Bible. And if a church is set up with things that are not in the New Testament Bible, we've got to leave that church. Get out. For you can't do both. You're either going to serve Antichrist or you're going to serve God. And you cannot serve God while you're sitting in a church that is set up with all types of doctrines of men and have ignored the instructions of the New Testament Bible. You can't do it. You have to make a choice. Several years ago, one of our church members came and he had attended some kind of church meeting and he was telling us how wonderful that meeting was. About the third time he said how wonderful the meeting was, I said to him, well, what was so wonderful about it? He said, oh, they had three large crosses set at the head of the table and they were covered with flowers. That man is no longer in our church group today. He was worshiping by the flesh, by his own emotions. There's nowhere in the Bible, in the New Testament Bible, that we are told to set up crosses and cover them with flowers. This was strictly a fleshly emotion that he had when he went in there and saw that. Let's look at John chapter 4 in closing. Jesus said to the woman at the well in Samaria, The hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Truth is the word of God, the word of Jesus. Jesus is truth. Jesus, the word of the New Testament Bible. If you go against it, you're Antichrist, opposite to Christ. If you're worshiping an idol in a church that you attend today, you're doing wrong. 
It's our responsibility to know those things in the New Testament Bible and to go by them. And most of the churches that I know of today, whether they're Protestants or Catholics, set up their own doctrines contrary to the Word of God in the New Testament Bible. Most of these scriptures I've spoken today will be printed for you on our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. You can go to that and review these scriptures. Again, the blog's name is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. On the right-hand side of the homepage, you will see podcasts. Click on that and you can find this broadcast and see all the scriptures. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.